All right. Still more people coming on here. We'll get this party going. As per usual, uh, we'll start off with a little Sunday Night Revelation trivia with where the only prize is bragging rights. Not gonna lie, these ones are a little harder uh, than have been in the past because we're getting a little more specific. We've been doing this for a few weeks now. And so some of the general answers have been, general questions have been answered. So, all right, here's a question for all 41 people that are so far watching. Hopefully a few more people wanna sign on. We're gonna have a great time tonight. We're gonna kind of take this in a bit of a different direction. Uh, but, okay, question number one, and Greg doesn't know these questions either. So this is, you're, 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 you're able to save the day, Greg, if no one answers right. Ooh, great. Here is, here's question number one. What did the four living creatures surrounding the throne look like? What did the four living creatures surrounding the throne in Revelation chapter four, without popping your Bible open, what did they look like? There were four of them. There's your hint, <laughs> which is also in the question. <laughs> What did the four living creatures surrounding the throne look like? Give everybody a minute to go ahead and answer. Also realizing there is a time delay. Oh, Dan coming in with the answer. One was a lion. One was an eagle. One was a human. Oh, don't forget the fourth. The least cool of all four, I would say. But uh, he was there. Lion, eagle human and there was a fourth an ox michelle yep that's right michelle jill good job everybody there was one that looked like a lion one that looked like an eagle one that looked like an ox and one that looked like a lamb okay now here comes and they had they had eyes all over them and they had six wings each so really crazy picture um i didn't get to speak to much of it the the eyes are representative of uh, just a never-ending focus and infatuation on the Holy One. Isn't that cool? They're covered with eyes. They never stop looking. They never stop. Every part of their being is looking upon the holiness of God. It's really awesome. All right, here's the follow-up question. The follow-up question is, what did the four living creatures represent? Uh, we, we, I talked about it quickly today. For those of you who are able to catch the message, what did the four living creatures represent? While some people are waiting to answer that question, I also want to give, uh, we're not going to take as much time tonight on Revelation or Bible Q&A per se, because we're going to, in just a few minutes, invite a few other participants into the party. And we're going to talk about uh, the power of sound and the power of uh, the sound of heaven, not just in your mind and heart but in your mouth and in your life and so uh we're going to get to that but i want to take a minute and make sure if any of you are out there that have any questions that we could answer quickly uh i would love to do that so if you have a question go ahead and throw it in the comments if not we're going to move on tonight into the conversation surrounding uh your sound and the sound of heaven and how that all works out all right yeah here comes some answers um Yes, they, they represented creation. That's right. They, they represented creation. Um, I don't know. I don't rec recall whether it was in Greek 
mythology, or I think it was actually in the Hebrew context that uh, for some reason, the, the ox, the lion, the eagle, and humanity kind of represented the four pillars of the created order. And so it represents the, the whole of creation, you know, placed before the throne of God, um, worshiping him, implying what? That God made it for his glory and it's giving back glory to him. Again, a beautiful picture. That's what the four living creatures represented was the, the totality of creation uh, at his feet, worshiping him. Really awesome. All right. I got two more questions. Uh, one more question with a, with a follow-up. And this is going to be hard. All right, people? Here we go. This is going to be hard. Here's the question. Uh, who were the 24 elders? Who were the 24 elders? Who were the 24 elders? Yeah, well, we're waiting for that to come in. Uh, you, you mentioned it during the message, uh, but that the number four represents creation, represents totality. And yes. there's really a whole field of uh, biblical numerology that, uh, that looks at the symbolism and the meaning behind some of the different numbers that we see in scripture. Now, sometimes the number yes. is just a number, but sometimes they carry a lot of, a lot of meaning. Yeah, especially in the, the prophetic books like this, or anytime like Jesus did a prophetic act, or like when the Gospels, when it says there were seven jars, or when it says, uh, you know, I'm trying to think of another example here, you know, there were uh, 12 baskets left over, like, like the, the numbers in the Bible really are loaded with meaning. It's, it's, worth, actually, it's worth actually doing a little study yeah. on what the numbers are and having the handle on what the main ones are, like, um, Three obviously is like the number of the, of like of Trinity of God. Uh, four is the number of creation. Five is the number of grace. Six is the number of man. Seven is the number of like completion or uh, like perfection. Eight, I think this is true in Hebrew numerology, but it might also be like like Chinese sort of Eastern. I think eight means like a new beginning. I'm pretty sure. Not, maybe correct me on that. Nine, I have no idea. Ten, I don't know. They all have meaning though. Twelve is God is governance. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. Do we have any? Okay, there's some people with some answers. The 12 apostles and the 12 tribes. I'm gonna give you half points. If I'm your professor, I'm gonna say that's probably the closest to an answer that we're gonna get. Uh, but the point I tried to make, and again, I realized I was talking fast today. I'm really trying my best to keep my messages at 40 minutes or less because of the new format, but, which by the way, preaching to nobody sucks. But anyway, <laughs> I miss everybody. Um, but uh, yeah, the, the 12 tribes, 12 apostles is probably what it is. But the point I made and a lot of points, that, uh, the point that a lot of uh, Bible scholars made was like who they are is not the point. It's who they're speaking of is the point. And these were their elders, their rulers, their kings who are laying their crowns down. They're nobodies before God. That's the, that was a tricky one because it was a bit of a nuanced answer. Now, here's the last question and then we're gonna move, move forward. How was the praise that the elders were giving, giving God, how was that different than the praise that the four living creatures were giving? giving what what made it different um 
the four living creatures, I'll, I'll, I'll quote it. The four living creatures said, said, holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty, Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And they never stopped saying that. So that's what the four living creatures were. That's what John heard them saying. And that tells us John heard the elders lay their crowns down and they said, uh, you are worthy to receive power, uh, honor, and glory, I believe. I'm not actually looking at the text right now. For you created all things and basically for, for you created all things and all things have their being, you know, by your will, basically, is what, uh, what they said. How, how are those two things different? How are those two things different? It's actually really, really cool. And there probably is a whole sermon in there. All right, I'll give another minute. And were there any other questions that came in? Don't miss your chance for a revelation question before we get into the discussion on sound with some wonderful people. These guys all just want to get to <laughs> see see Dan and Anthony and Jay. Anybody have a guess as to how those two different groups praising God, how they're different? All right, here it is. So the, the 12, that's pretty close, Karen. I uh, see, your, see your answer there. Uh, the 12, yes, all right, Kristen's kind of there too. The, the, sorry, the four living creatures were, were responding uh, almost compulsively. Their eyes were open, they were created to worship and they were doing what they were created to do. And there's nothing in their statement that shows uh, any sense of like of reason. It's not that they wouldn't have reason, but there's something really cool when you look at the statement of the 24 elders, that word for or because. You know, you are worthy to receive glory, honor, and power for you or because you. Uh, there's reason and logic. It, it, re it references like the, the free will of humanity that we can choose to worship God or not. And that's a, that's a really cool thing to see that expressed, that they had realization, they had understanding uh, that was tested, not just, um, you know, it's not, God is not all they knew. They, there's that reality of they'd searched other things and they realized at the end of the day, this is all unto you. So really rich. Man, the Bible is so rich and uh, revelation is incredibly rich. Good, good job though. Some really good answers there, Karen, Kristen. Rose, you guys were on it. Yeah, All you, right. had a, you had a great phrase to summarize what they do too. And you, you, I think you talked about how they set the beat and the cadence of heaven. It's a great phrase just to, uh, mm. to set the beat and the cadence for all the worship that happens in heaven. And then you see the 24 uh, elders all bowing when they hear that cadence, when they hear that, that beat being set. Yeah, there's like nothing else to do but that, like fall yeah. in line, right? They were like, the worship leaders. Yeah, that would have been a great message to have about an hour and some people to respond. <laughs> um, but I think I think it helps some people. So I'm glad for that. Uh, we're going to put Revelation series on pause. Uh, we'll come back to it probably probably sometime in June. Um, for the next oh, 10 to 12 weeks, we're going to do a gospel series. Just going to explain the good news uh, in depth. And we're going to go into everything from atonement justification resurrection restoration like we're going to have a handle on it uh, as christians but it's also going to be an opportunity 
to invite people. But um, I wish that I could have one more week on the calendar to do next week, or like a couple of weeks to do Revelation 5 right now. But because um, that Revelation 5 for everybody, it gets into the lamb. It comes, so it zooms in and it's like, I saw a throne and then it zooms in. It says, then I saw a lamb on the throne looking as if it had been slain. That starts to speak to the gospel. And there's this really cool part near the end of that thing. It says, and then they sang a new song worshiping the lamb like that you know the 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 forever song of god is is complemented or even like like placed along with it or even above it the focus becomes the song about the lamb and worship is directed at the lamb it's directed at jesus uh it's a really potent picture uh when you start letting it uh letting it speak all right so we spoke today. I'm going to invite my friends here in just a minute. Uh, I'm going to invite them into the, the chat. Um, but today, I spoke about the sound of heaven, as was referenced. And we're going to mix things up a little bit tonight and not just go pure Q&A, but I'm going to kind of facilitate some discussion with some people that uh, I, I believe are really going to have some good things for you to hear. Um, specifically, the reason I want to talk about this is you know, today I really didn't have time to get into the, the second part of this conversation. The first part of the conversation about the sound of heaven is us learning, like Greg was just talking about, like how to, how to lock ourselves in and hear the, the rhythm and the cadence and the melody, the sound of heaven, and to let that song or that sound invade our minds, invade our hearts. And we talked about how that can like set us free from fear. It can set us free from the, the, the finality of the moment we're in, once we realize that, that of God's eternality. And so we talked about that and that's great. And you need to, to, to go with that, especially in this season. Um, but what we didn't talk about was like, okay, first part of that conversation is receiving and hearing the sound of heaven. But there's a secondary component to that in our lives that we need to understand. And that is releasing the sound of heaven and actually, like recognizing the power isn't just something that that is that God wants to to give inside of us through hearing the sound of heaven, but it's something He wants to release. And so, I never really got to speak to, you know, how do we operate uh, in partnership uh, and expression of the, the reality of heaven? And I, I want you to hear the same principles that apply to the the sound that you hear. Uh, also applies to the sounds that like come out of your voice, the sounds that come in your ears, in, in, in your life. Like this has massive implications on your life. And so I wanna talk for a few minutes tonight uh, with a few people about uh, the sound of, of, of life, the sound of, the sound of the kingdom working itself out in your life. So I'm going to, uh, right now, I'm gonna invite a few people in and I'll give some introductions, see if I can, uh, I can key this up. Um, all right, so here we go. Let's see if I can invite some people in. Oh, all right, we got Jay in the Hello. house. We got Anthony. Hey, everybody. We got Dan. Yep. All right. Hey, guys. This just got way more fun. <laughs> not, that Greg, not that Greg and I aren't fun, but it's great to see you guys. Hey. Uh, I think our backgrounds are boring. Do you guys have uh, Do you guys have the ability to totally bring some bring some fun, bring some spice to the party here? 
Well, yeah. here's what's going to be happening with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mine works the same way. <laughs> All right, we, we got uh, Jay. Where are you? It looks like you are in. Uh, I'm in the land of Mordor. You're in Mordor. Uh oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go retreat. I'm gonna retreat to the Shire. Wow. Yes. The Shire. Enjoy some. Uh, long, what is it? Long bottom leaf. Yes. <laughs> it's legal in the Shire. Yes, that's right. It's mm. not in the oppression oppression of Gondor. No. Um. Here, this one's this one's for you, Greg. Very you nice. My fire, the one. Look, our viewership just spiked. Wow, yes. <laughs> it, was, it was totally that right there, that song right there. We just went over 100. Thank you. Thank you, Backstreet Boys. Yeah. I appreciate it. All right, well, let's move on. Okay, so, shoot, I meant to do, uh, <laughs> let's get back in the Falcon where I belong. Yes, All right. right. So let's talk about that's distracting me. Let's talk about sound, guys. Uh, first, let me kick this this to you. Uh, what what stood out to you? I mean, hopefully, y'all heard the message today. And I started to set up, you know, the 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 power of the sound of heaven and how it informs your life. Was there anything that, like, in the message itself, you know, you heard? I guess, and that. You're like there, you know, there's something on that that I think is going to be important for people, mm -hmm. you know, in this season. Hmm. Yeah, I think for me, um, listening for the the sound of God's supremacy really spoke to me because mm -hmm. uh, the last few weeks, uh, something very basic has been coming to me, and that is. This is this time has been a huge wake up call, I believe, to all the nations of the world that God is real and God mm -hmm. is here. There's just been such a realization that uh, that he's present in our world and he's accessible. And uh, so speaking about the supremacy of Jesus, like really the the sound of heaven is that the whole conversation really begins knowing that Jesus is in charge of whatever's happening. And uh, that's just, I, I feel more and more people are going to come to that realization that they should really worship and surrender to Jesus because he's king. Yeah. Less, less yeah. argument about theology and the finer points and more a revelation that he is truly supreme. So, yeah, hmm. that's dark. Yeah. Um. I think the like the reason like what really why I wanted why I want to bring you guys in here is like that's a great statement you said Dan about like less about theology um, because I've I found this to be true in my own life I've also found it be true to be true in others I've I've rubbed shoulders with we're all prone to this is sometimes our theology can actually outpace our like practice and so it's one thing to you know, to, is there a way, I, is there a way I can get everybody on the screen? Sorry, I like, I feel like I'm dominating. I see my face all the time. There we go. There we go. I mean, there we go. Does that work? Hopefully that's what they can see on the feed. So, but what I, what I was, what I was trying to get at, sorry, I'm so ADD. Um, a mouse. Uh, 
No, but like your your theology is great in as much as you exercise it. Right. And I have experienced in my life a lot of times where I've known something to be true, but I've never actually put it into practice. Mm. And I think we often run the risk, especially when it comes to this whole idea of, you know, it's one thing to to allow yourself to hear, you know, the the worship of heaven. It's to allow yourself to to hear, oh yes, God is transcendent. Oh yes, God is eternal. Oh yes, God is supreme. Oh yes. God is sovereign. It's, it's one thing to remind yourself of that, but if it only stays in here and doesn't get to here, but then further than that, it gets like, it gets in your mouth and it gets in your hands and your, in your actions. I've found like my life is really limited when my theology just stays in my head. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I wanted to, I wanted to really carry this conversation because I think this, this, this is actually going to be more helpful for people than just, I mean, we have to build that theology. You have to start there. But if it stays there, I've met a lot of people that could quote you a lot of scripture and they could tell you a lot of big words, a lot of big theological words. But you look at the fruit of their life and I'm like, I, I don't want to be anything like you. you. There's no power in your life. There's no intimacy in your life. There's no, yeah. like, I want, I want to live the life that Jesus said I could live. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a real key here in the difference between hearing the sound and expressing the sound and participating mm-hmm. in the sound. Yeah. Does that, does that resonate with you guys? Yeah. Yeah, sure does. Yep. Sure does. Yeah. I, we, we really underestimate as, as God's living temple. We really, uh, we really underestimate the power of like why we're here. And I think when somebody keeps all their theology to themselves, they really uh, never really discover the joy of partnering with God. Like when you start speaking up about what you know about God, mm-hmm. you begin to discover his creative power. You probably end up making a whole lot of blunders and you have to learn when you start speaking up, it gets a little bit more uh, raw and candid, yeah. but people begin to discover their real purpose when they start speaking up about God, because we're really right. here to transform, to create, to make a difference, you know? So, so, so the key is though, like speaking up, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's actually the, totally. the, yeah. the, the catalyst that brings the kingdom experience in. And I'll just, I'll just add this. Cause there was a question last week that I didn't get to that. What you just said, Dan speaks to that, where I think it was Wes Damon that asked, he asked something about, uh, yeah, there it is. Which do you see as more imperative, winning souls or discipleship? In other words, like education or sharing, like sharing the faith. Like, uh, like, and I think you just answered the question, Dan. It's you have to have the education. But the, you know, the thing I've always said is if you go tell somebody about Jesus, that's worth 10 books. Like that's actually, that's actually worth you, you going out and you just fumbling and partnering with the Holy spirit and like being like, look, this is, this is what he did for me. You just trying to put your faith on your lips and you to move your body into a place where you're vulnerable and you have to share. I feel like that's worth, that's worth a ton of like all those theology books back there. Mm -hmm. I could give you some advice. That's great. But the better thing is, is to like actually go tell somebody about Jesus. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. I, I think, I think we, uh, it's easy to look past how vocal the Bible actually is. Like for one, what we we're just talking about is the power of the testimony. It's just like the testimony is 
uh, out. It's an outward expression, right? Like we talk about prayer, we talk about praise, we talk about the prophetic, we talk about all these things, right? There's nothing intrinsically uh, non-expressive uh, about that, right? And I think that we just, we, we get caught into this, we get lulled into this, uh, you know, it's been... I don't know. It's, it's, it's a bit of a lie, I think, to, to, to understand that it's like the personal thing that it's just like my, me and, you know, my thoughts and all of that. Right. When the, when it's very right. biblical to be exactly the opposite of that, you know, uh, just, I don't know if this is helpful or not, but I, I, Huge. my, my, the kick that I've been on is just the, the word praise in, you know, in Psalms and in, in the old Testament about the Bible, let's be honest you know, that there are seven words for praise. And I looked at them and five of them are vocal and two of them are physical actions. Right. And so none of them are, none of them are, I think my worship. Exactly. Exactly. And that's like, we get, we, it's, it's this treasure, what I would call it, this treasure hidden within the translation into the English language where we, 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 you know, we sort of stamp the word praise on it. And but the, their deeper meaning is actually something else. It's actually really expressive. You know, there's a couple of them that are like loud and even to the point of foolishness, right? That we boast about the Lord. And so that's you know, it's really we we really have had that. Uh, we've we bought something that isn't actually true when we think that praise is actually non-expressive and non-vocal. I think, I think like that, you can run that. And, and this is really helpful, I think, for people. And this, I actually, at some point, you know, I've been processing this in my own life, but I'd love to take our church through, like, I think the church really needs to rediscover the way of living like Jesus, like the actual practice of it. And I think, I think we've over internalized over me and my personal faith and me and my personal feelings. And, you know, I, I, this is how I pray. I pray in my head. Like, you know, we've been, we've been sort of tapping at that in our services for the last few years, like being very unapologetic. Like, I'm sorry, I don't care what background you come from. Uh, you with your hands in your pockets is not just how I praise. That's Mm -hmm. not praise. It's Mm -hmm. just not, I don't, your, your heart, I'm sure your heart's in a good place, but that's, there's no biblical precedent for that being praised. It's not in the same way with like, you know, I, I believe in Jesus, but none of your lifestyle would back that up. And it's like, I think this is a season where I think I'm feeling the call myself, just like Mm -hmm. God saying, you know, feeling the invitation to actually follow Jesus in a practical way, not just because I'm a pastor and I have to cook up sermons every week, like, do my kids think I'm like Jesus? Like when they discover mm-hmm. Jesus for themselves and they start to see what he did, are they going to be able to say, well, it's not a huge stretch that my dad follows this guy. Yeah. Right. Like, totally. or, and I, I want it to be different than my dad talks about this guy every weekend to a bunch of people. Mm. I want them to be able to say the patterns and the practices that Jesus demonstrated. I see that in my father's life. Right. I, I feel like the Lord's been challenging me on that as of late. And I think this conversation runs right into it. Yeah. Yeah. When I read, um, when I read the book of Psalms, I, uh, when it says sing over and over again, make a joyful noise over and over again, I read those as imperatives. Like that's a, that's a directive. That's a, that's like a, it's not a suggestion. It's actually something that we're meant to do. We're actually meant to sing, to make a joyful noise, to clap our hands. These are the elements of praise. 
And like getting back to your first question, Brent, about um, your message, I felt like all five of those activities, like declaring God's transcendency, sovereignty, um, supremacy, they're all actions of praise and worship. Like the sound of heaven is praise and worship. And if we want, if we want the sound of heaven to echo on earth, we need to act, be actively engaged in praise and worship, Mm -hmm. right? That's, and I would also say, just to put a plug in for our two minute testimony, if we want people to really activate their faith and uh, tell people about Jesus, they can jump in on that two minute testimony thing that we're launching to invite people to Easter. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I just filmed mine. Make sure you do that, people, everyone who's watching. uh, We Mm -hmm. really want everybody to take two minutes. Just take your phone and just say, hey, here's why I choose Jesus. Yeah. You just being bold and doing that and being vulnerable to say, you know what, I'm not eloquent. You know, this isn't perfect. I wish I could say it better. Again, that's that's giving voice to your faith. And I do think, you know, I saw I saw a comment, you know, about like uh, I think Karen just I get what you're saying, Karen. You said God didn't tell us what to do or how to live. He showed us through Jesus. That that that's totally right. Um, that I think though the what the thing I want to press on is let's not just look at Jesus at what he did. Let's model it. Like let's actually put it into practice. I feel like that's the deception of like the church in our day has been, I think I got on this a little bit at 1228 prayer yesterday. I don't know if you guys caught that, but just about like holiness about actually putting into practice the, the way, like the way Mm -hmm. of following Jesus. Mm -hmm. So I thought it'd be super helpful tonight, like for a few minutes, uh, to to just talk specifically about the sound uh, of the spirit, the sound, like, how does the sound of heaven flesh itself out in our lives? And the reason I I invited you three specifically here is uh, already beginning to answer that question. You know, one of the ways is through praise and worship. So Jay, you're you're our, you oversee our worship, you know, experience expression or worship gatherings here at the church for all of our locations and then it's also through like through prayer uh it's also through like not just practical lifestyle we're just talking about but it's also through like the prophetic through the like the rhema the rhema like word of god delivered through a vessel uh spoken out um and so things like a prophetic word things like the gift of tongues whether that is speaking another language for the benefit of someone else, or whether that's even tongues to edify ourselves, there's still a Mm -hmm. verbalization of it. So I want to talk for a couple minutes about some tools for all of our listeners and for ourselves Mm -hmm. uh, to be able to pick up and to learn how to use to, to actually be instruments and to experience the sound of heaven, not just hear it, but to actually, you know, to, to use the analogy you know, this is a song that heaven is playing, but God gave you an instrument to be in the band. Mm. Like, that's the yeah. cool thing about this is like, it's mm-hmm. not just something you're supposed to listen to as a reminder. Yeah. It's, it's, it's something that you're supposed to be part of. And it's mm-hmm. a song you're supposed to play along with in your life and mm-hmm. to actually like draw power from it and give power through it. And so, yeah. So first, first question I want to kind of I kind of want to queue up is specific to worship. So we already kind of got in on that a little bit, but practically speaking, uh, what, you know, what does the sound, what does the sound of heaven and worship, like 
What do those things have to do with each other? You know, what would you say to the one, now here's how I wrote a question now, what would you say to the one who doesn't think about their voice having the power to affect their lives and their ministry or their lives and the lives of others? What do you think, what would you say to a person who doesn't understand the power of their own voice? Hmm. Wow. Um... I mean, I, yeah, I kind of jumped the gun there when I said that the sound of heaven is praise and worship and that we activate, I think we activate, I mean, we activate the sound of heaven on earth in a number of ways, but through praise and worship is a principal way. And I think we only have to look through scripture at a few illustrations of people just like you and I, who, when they activated their voice in praise and worship, God moved in powerful ways. I think of Paul and Silas in prison in Philippians and the prison mm -hmm. walls came and the jailer came to know the lord um if you want to go old testament old testament um you know the glory and the power and the presence of the lord filling the temple and chronicles as pe as the people of the lord lifted their voice in praise and thanksgiving taking our focus like taking our focus off of ourselves and putting it onto the lord um just brings and invites his presence in a powerful way and it is something that we actually have to do i think like um mm -hmm. we're told in hebrew bring a sacrifice of praise like the old temple worship would bring an actual physical sacrifice in the new testament we're not required to bring a physical blood sacrifice anymore jesus has already done that for us but to access the presence of the lord in new testament um, theology is to bring that sacrifice of praise which hebrews says is the fruit of lips that declare his name his glory there's a declaration involved to bring that sacrifice to the lord and the fruit, the fruit is tangible, right? Like yeah. the praise, the fruit of the lips is tangible. It's not hypothetical. It's not the fruit right. of my good intentions. It's the fruit right. of your lips. So you have to actually like say it out loud. Um, you know, I kind of mixed up my question there a little bit. So there's the, the, the question of worship, but how about like, let's, let's separate words, words and, and praise for a minute. And like, you know, what, what in some of your guys' experience has been the power of what comes out of your mouth? How have you noticed your, your words uh, being like having power? Have you, have, you, have you experienced that? I mean, we have biblical precedent for it. You know, the, the Bible says, you know, the power of the tongue, like there's life and death in the power of the tongue, right? Mm -hmm. So, but practically yeah. speaking, you know, what would you say to the person who like underestimates the the millions of little deposits of power we say every month kind of with our mm -hmm. voice? Mm -hmm. Well, I would say I would say just that, that they are underestimating. They don't see it fully. And that's the, mm -hmm. that's half our problem is half my problem is I don't see it fully. I don't actually understand. And I think, you know, even that uh, just I was just looking that up. Proverbs 18, 21, life and death are the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat of its fruit, right? So you, it's it's easy to sort of like push that into like be encouraging and don't insult people. It's actually way more than that. It's actually way more profound. Yes. Than that. When I when yeah. I when I when I speak life, I'm actually coming into alignment with heaven, and I'm actually it's more than just the way it's directed at others. It's directed at me. It's directed at the Lord. It's like. It's, it's such a bigger concept than, than even probably I understand, right? But it's way bigger than, you know, our relate sort of relationally. Uh, and it's like, it has the ability, 
like we don't fully understand. I don't fully understand, but I know that when I, when I talk to others, the way the Lord would talk to them. And when I talk to myself, hello, big one. When I talk to myself, the mm. way the Lord talks to me, my perspective changes yeah. and my heart begins to change. Yes. I actually don't condemn myself and I actually speak life. And I actually acknowledge even out loud, the truth of what, how God views me, that suddenly does something in my heart and actually yes. begins to shift and shape and transform my heart mm -hmm. in a way that if I was just sort of, you know, and we know it, it, there's something uh, profound about actually saying out loud rather than thinking a thought because thoughts are really vapory, right? To use a yeah. really technical term, right? <laughs> but <laughs> thoughts are really vapory and, and you can have a moment as like, maybe I shouldn't think that way. And then, uh, and then just sort of really quickly move on and then even continue downward in that spiral of like negative thoughts. But if I stop and I say out loud, no, this is not how the Lord actually views me. This is not, actually not, this is not how the Lord views my situation. And I begin to, to say out loud what his promises over me are, the way he feels about me, biblic biblically based. You know, I am his beloved, that he actually sent his son to save me, that he actually doesn't condemn me, but that I'm, I'm crucified with Christ and I'm actually bought. And I'm, you know, all of those things. I mean, there's there's myr there's myriad of promises and declarations of how the Lord looks at us. But when we be the point is when we begin to actually say them, it arrests our thinking in such a way that actually begins to shift our heart. I, I think from a, from a real practical standpoint to understand that like, you know, sound, sound, sound like precedes manifestation. Like it, it actually precedes yeah. destiny. So, and we actually know this, not just spiritually speaking, if you're standing on the street, and you hear a Harley Davidson coming, you're going to know what direction it's coming from, and you're going to know which direction it's heading. And the same goes with, you know, uh, you, you know, we, we know, we know the old saying, you know, don't judge a book by its cover, right? Like I could, I could, I could come around you like this, right? I could be, <laughs> I'm Joe Exotic, right? Like now, turns out, turns out he's fairly questionable, but maybe not the best example, but you know, you, you, we've learned, though, to, to only put so much stock in what we see. But if you hear a person, if you hear a person, I could tell you, I could tell you where a person's heading in 10 minutes. That's why we do job interviews. That's why you listen. You ask a few questions. Mm -hmm. It's not so you, they look the part. I've seen lots of people who look the part. Mm -hmm. That is the moment they open their mouth, you start to, you start to hear about where they're heading yeah. and where their mindset's at. And I think it's such yeah. an important thing for us to understand, like, be a, first be aware of how you use your voice mm -hmm. and then i would say secondly secondarily secondly secondarily i would say in conjunction with it <laughs> be be proactive in using it as an instrument of life yep. yes absolutely absolutely yeah, you know, um, scripture teaches, I think, I think it was in the teachings of Jesus. I can't remember if it's in the Gospels or not, but it says out of the, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, there's a, there's such a, um, such an importance to speaking even to your own soul. You know, David wrote Psalms and asked his soul, oh, why are you downcast, oh, my soul? And Anthony was kind of touching on this, that 
there's things that are true about us. What's true about me on a given day is I might be cranky. I might be uh, anxious. I might be, be fearful. Those things are true, but they're not the truth. And I need to speak the truth to myself. Mm. And my heart might believe something that's true, but if I never speak it out to myself, uh, some, my, the in, my inner life doesn't change. And, there's, and I've, I've experienced power in my own life in agreement with what Anthony said. I've experienced the, the power of even just by myself speaking truth out loud to myself. Truth yeah. that God has said. I've learned that the fear of the Lord is having, having more reverence for what God says than even my own opinion. Yes. That was a big learning in my life to say, my own opinion doesn't trump what God has said. So if I could yeah, speak God's truth, it changes. The other things I've seen so many times when I've been in a, in a situation praying for somebody and they feel helpless, and frankly, so do I, but I know something's true. And until I pray that truth over them, nothing changes. Yeah. But when I speak yes. out in prayer, yes. I might not feel anything, but we'll finish the prayer and they'll, we'll stop and they'll go, wow. Oh, my soul. Thank yeah. you so much. And I knew it was true before I said it, but nothing changed until I prayed it over them. Correct. Yeah. The sound, the sound manifests it. Yeah. Right. Like the sound, sound brings manifestation. And yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's the thing that we need to capture. I've found it in my own life. Like I, I've shared a few, few different times, like struggles with uh, fighting, fighting the demonic, fighting night terrors. I've shared that. And you know where, you know where, like, there was a long time where I was actually afraid to pray out loud because if I prayed out loud, I was acknowledging the presence of darkness. Yes. And the, en the enemy actually twisted. He actually took the one weapon I had out of my hand and kept me silent. When mm -hmm. I started to learn to open my mouth and even just sing like Jesus loves me in my room. Like I taught all my kids, if you're ever scared at night, I want you, I want you just to sing, Jesus loves me. And mm. if you're still scared, sing it again. Just, just putting his name literally on your lips. Yeah. There's just, there's, there's earth shaking power. Yeah. It's, it's, it's uncanny. And I think there's a, I mean, I still, I still feel it. I'm sure you guys do too. There's a constant gap or like almost like uh it's very easy not to not to say. It's very easy not to speak. You ever you ever find that? Like it's mm -hmm. easy to say, yeah. I'm not gonna pray out loud. It's easy to say, oh, I'm not gonna declare that. It's easy. Mm -hmm. yeah. For whatever reason, this thing, this gets locked up. Yeah. Right. And it's just easy to be a bystander. And that is the one thing the enemy wants is to take to take your voice out of it. Yeah, we see this like yeah. we see a connection even between uh what we believe and what we say when it comes to our own salvation. You know, the Bible talks about how, you know, if, if we declare with our mouths and believe yes. in our hearts, yes. you know, they're, they're connected, right. you know, and you, you see yes. the power of words, even right at the very beginning of, of our Bibles, you know, where God spoke the world into existence. Yeah. You know, they're necessary. Yeah. yeah. It, the, yeah. The, the expression of what you say is actually really connected to what's going on in your heart. They're like yeah. inextricably yeah. linked.
Yeah. Well, there's scripture in um, was thinking about Revelation where it says that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, right? That our yeah. testimony, yes. the word of our testimony is inextricably linked to us overcoming. Yeah. 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 So, something else, I, this, this hit me like a ton of bricks too. Uh, you know, in Ephesians, uh, Ephesians 6, when it actually talks about the 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 the, uh, the armor of God, right? And this is something that I've known for decades, right? And but this one thing that I found out a, a couple of years ago that sort of changed my world, right? When it talks about the sword of the spirit, the sword of the spirit, yep. the word there is actually Rhema. It's actually not Lagos, right? So it's it's actually Rhema. It's actually the 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 sword of the spirit is the living living act of declared word of God, mm. and it's like it act there's there's a there's an expressed there's an expression there like a vocalized expression there that actually turns that into a weapon it isn't just you know it isn't just reading this right it's actually speaking it out that actually releases the power to change things right so Hmm. that it blew my mind and you know i remember sharing it with a group of people and it blew theirs too right that i get you know i just automatically assumed that the word that the word for word there was just talking about the, the Bible, right? But it's actually the declared living and active word of God. It's actually Rhema there. So which is mm-hmm. which is profound. And it's almost like this is our weapon, right? This is our this is our the thing that we have is like that we have that is really yeah. powerful. And how many, how many times do I not, you know, come into alignment with that if I don't actually speak something out that I that the Lord is, you know, revealing to me that I need to speak out. Mm, yeah i was thinking you know along what you're saying you know for for a christian you know a lot of us we think about having a quiet time you know and having a time to listen and there's such a i mean it's a massive practice and a value Mm -hmm. uh for your life like don't you need you need daily just quiet time daily time to listen daily time to read but i wonder if we're missing out by not having a daily loud time (laughs) you know like like Uh just like making declarations and like praising God, like just even tonight, you know, my, my kids are, are eating supper and we just, we have like Waymaker is playing on the, on the speak on the speakers and you know, we're there, there's just worship happening and it's just really hard in the atmosphere of the home. Mm. It's just really hard to be at each other. And it's really hard to be, to be, you know, like, just awful with each other when the atmosphere is just constantly being pumped with with praise i mean we yeah. don't always just, i don't want to give people the impression that like the ingersoll house is just you walk in and it's constant worship 24 7 they never stop saying holy 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 <laughs> no you should hear my kids you should hear my it's, we we live in 24-hour covid quarantine just like the rest of you yes my kids absolutely are also school age but yeah. Um, I, I want I want to be sure that uh, people get, you know, one of the things I've been trying to do in the mornings has been in my quiet time, actually opening my mouth, not so loud that I want to wake up my kids, but I've been I've been declaring that I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. And I'll even start listing based on Jesus. I'm at peace. I'm mm-hmm. holy. I'm healthy. Yeah. I'm empowered. I'm full of passion. I'm full of compassion. And I'll just start saying those things over myself. Even if like, like Dan, like there's, you know, uh, 
those things are true, but when I put my voice into it, they become, they become, they're manifested in my life in a different way. Yeah. I want to just really quick, I'm going to pivot in a second. I did see on the, on the comments and I do think here's a test We're we're often uh, quick to just say, no, not right now. Uh, Tanya said, we need immediate prayer for Keith Jarvis uh, suffering with COVID right now, going to mm. ICU. So wow. can we, uh, can we just, let's let's put this into yeah. practice and let's pray for keith jarvis by name yeah uh and let's just let's just curse covid in his mm. body wow uh, you want to lead out and we'll agree mm. Did, sorry just one of so, us two one yeah so I, I don't mind but i've been hogging the the, the green <laughs> light here so, oh, so i'm gonna lead out and we'll agree let's let's like let's 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 yeah, curse let's it, it. Yeah. in jesus name yeah lord jesus we thank you for keith tonight we thank you for who he is, but even more so, we, we praise you, Lord Jesus, for who you are. And uh, thank you that we are your church and uh, we are your sons and daughters and you have given us power and authority. And so right now we come and we say uh, that we have not only the power of Jesus name, but we have the right to use it. And so we just come into, we just come into this praying from heaven and yeah. we just, we understand who we are in you, Jesus. And we come Absolutely. and we just speak to, to the coronavirus that, that Keith is, is grappling with right now. And we just speak healing to his body. Yes, Lord. And we just speak that Jesus' name is more powerful than this virus. This is not yeah. because we are awesome, but because you are yeah. awesome, Lord Jesus. And yes, we come Lord. in your name. And so we just speak to this virus and say, you have to listen to Jesus. Yes, we curse it. In you Jesus do not name. have a choice. You have to listen. You have to submit. And so we praise healing to Keith in Jesus' name. Yeah, Lord, we just speak to his lungs right now. We just command and we we just speak strength into his lungs, uh, strength into his immune system as it fights, Lord. Uh, Lord, we just we just uh, declare like antibodies to be generated quickly. Uh, and that the battle yes. in his body against this virus would be won mm -hmm. uh, in Jesus' name, Lord. Mm -hmm. Even as he heads to ICU, God, we pray mm -hmm. that this moment of intensive care would be brief and that, God, there would be a quick turnaround uh, for, his, mm -hmm. for his life. And so, God, we just we curse COVID mm -hmm. in his body. Mm -hmm. We curse it in the, in the earth in general. But specifically for Keith tonight, we curse that in his body. We, we find it in his body. We remove it from his body Jesus. and we release healing and health and wholeness and more days of health and life on the earth for Keith in Jesus name. Amen. 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 And uh, just, just to increase everybody's faith, I've already read a couple of testimonies of people being healed of, of COVID-19. Awesome. So, Beautiful. So yeah. So it's like, God is still God and he's still healing and he's still. Mm. Yeah. 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 And, um, I, and I actually, to, to go back to my declarations, I've been I've been declaring that over myself and my kids in my home. Yeah. Specifically in this season, I yeah. am healthy. I am strong. The blood of Christ is in yeah. me. Like that's, that's mm. what I'm doing. Amen. Can, I, can I just before we move off of this, I, I there's one really important thing um, about you know uh, declaring things about what you were saying is declaring in your quiet time, and and I really feel like it's really important to just say that that nobody on this nobody on this screen and no pastor is immune to the to, to the way that the enemy tries to come in and tell tell you lies right 
Yeah, it's totally. Really, it's really an important thing that we need to know. Not where there's nobody who's an expert here. The, that the enemy is still lying and saying, you know, the enemy comes in and tries to tell me I'm worthless, that I'm a failure, and that all these mm. things. And I and I ha- honestly like the way that the, the the way that Jesus dealt with the enemy was he spoke the word of God back to him. He actually yes. he didn't have an inner monologue yes. with the enemy. He actually spoke the word of God back mm-hmm. to the enemy and the enemy fleed. Yes. So and I think that's really important to say that there's nobody immune to it. And so if you're if you're even if you're sort of watching this and you're you're in the middle of it, or maybe today was not a great day, right? That it's actually that it's important for you to sort of make the choice to actually put aside how you feel, who cares what the success, you know, whether you were successful in fighting it off or not. But the reality is you can actually combat the, the lies of the enemy by declaring the truth of the word of God. And I've seen it happen over and over in my life where it's like, I, you know, all of the things, the, th- the lies that would come in and just see, to try to tear me down and try to, to, try to try to take me out and believe things that are not correct about myself are actually profoundly and uh, measurably counteracted by me declaring the word of God and the truth of the word of God over my life. And so I just say, yeah. nobody's immune to it. Nobody, just because you have a pastor or whatever behind, beside you, I don't, I don't, but just, just to say that it's not, it just, it's everybody, everybody's yeah. got a battle at some time or another. Yes. Yeah. I think, I think this is huge. So let me, let's, let's get, let's bring it even down. So I feel like we've taken it from, from heaven we've brought it to earth and now like expressing it uh we've talked about you know the power in our voice you know let's let's jump around you know like like we we kind of spoke to it a little bit but i would like to just make make sure we hit this you know when it comes to to praise you know what would you what would you say to the person who maybe struggles to maybe they're a bad singer maybe they're self-conscious about how they look um, what would you say to that person who like you've been going to church for however many years, maybe you grew up at whatever Catholic church or Baptist church that, that it was, it was actually respectful to be, mm-hmm. to be, you know, quiet. And I understand that. I've talked to a lot of people. They're like, I hear you yell at us. No, like I hear you. I don't know. I'm trying to be respectful. And there's this like conflict, you know, and it like, but what would you say to the person, whether it's in worship, it's in, it's in listening to the word, what would you say to the person? It's like, I'm trying to, you know, this is just how I worship or this is how I was taught. What would you say to that person? Mm-hmm. I don't know. What, uh, I want to I throw this at Jay because we haven't heard it. <laughs> thanks. You're welcome. Yeah. Um, First of all, I think the struggle for so many of us, not, I, I mean, it doesn't matter what tradition you come from, is to, is to uh, consider what worship and praise looks like from a biblical perspective and not from your tradition's perspective. And, Huge. and I see a lot of worship and praise in the Bible that is demonstrative. I mean, David danced undignified before the Lord. He said, I'll be even more undignified than this before my God and my King. And, and, um, there is massive precedent throughout scripture for just abandoned celebratory praise 
um, psalm after psalm, the clanging of cymbals, the beating of drums, the clapping of hands, the shouting of praise, like bring a joyful shout before the Lord over and over again throughout the book of Psalms. Um, we see it in after celebration after celebration, even throughout the history of the Israelite nation, like they were not quiet and reverent in their praise before the Lord. They were, I mean, they were reverent, sure. I should say they're reverent, but they weren't quiet. Yeah, and it's, if there's a difference there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's huge. Um, and that, I, I'm, I'm hungry. I'm hungry to see our church. Uh, you know, I, I don't, I, I have no interest in having a circus or a sideshow. And I've, I've seen, I've been in, I've been in environments who are being loud for the sake of being loud. And it became this contest of who's the most demonstrative. Mm. And I have zero appetite for that. And frankly, I would ask that person to get out. Like, like if you're, you're distracting others in a worship gathering, if you're just being so loud, cause you're, cause you're clearly just trying to draw attention to yourself. I have no interest in that, but I do have interest in people being abandoned from fear of man and people being more concerned about what their spirit is wanting, how, how your spirit is responding to the spirit and not worrying about what a person thinks of you or what, like, am I singing too loud? Or am I, you know, well, people think I'm, I'm singing off key or what will they think if I put my hands up and surrender? Like, I'm just super hungry to see a church and we've grown in this leaps and bounds, but I'm, I'm believing even this season's going to launch us into a new territory where people are like, you know what? I can't afford I can't afford to sit on my hands, come into a service that's clearly a gift from God. I think we all feel that now, you know, gathering together is yeah. I'm grateful for being online, really grateful for these tools, but there is, it is not the same as mm-hmm. being together with a, you know, a few dozen or a few hundred or a few thousand people and worshiping together. It has nothing to do with whether the guy's preaching on video or not. It's about you responding mm-hmm. together to the mm-hmm. word. That's, that's you know, but I, I just, I'm, I'm praying for somebody uh, or I'm praying for uh, us to come into a season where there's just a, an unbelievable amount of people. Are like, I just can't afford to, to be passive in this. I'm, and I'm all for being respectful. I, and I do believe that there's a time and place you're not going to see me, you know, being, you know, if, if I'm in an environment where everyone is quiet, you're not going to see me be loud. However, right. It's not, I don't answer, you know, in a general sense, I don't answer to tradition. I answer to the word of God. Yeah. Right. And when we talk about, it, I just, I, it's such a huge thing. Even what Jay was talking about was just that we don't, that the word of God has to trump tradition. It has to have, it actually has to be uh, um, um, preeminent uh, over tradition even. And I know tradition is, has a way of ingraining itself in our, in our hearts and minds and just because that's the way it's always been done you know just because that's the way it's always been done doesn't actually mean it was done biblically right there's lots i mean you point to lots of things that are that aren't biblical that we've done forever but i just want to seek because there's so much it's not that it's just the sake of being obedient right which is important but it's actually the the reward that's actually on the other side of being obedient. Right? We get right. like more more life. More life is released in us. More truth. More of His presence is in us. Like and we we get to encounter more of Him. You know, as we do those things, it's not just you know to be obedient for the sake of just because it's written there, right? It's actually unto something, right? Yeah. I would yeah, say yeah. this if I can just jump in real quick again. Like, yeah, I would say. 
when, you, when we consider our gatherings and if and when we ever get to gather again in big numbers, oh, Lord soon. Jesus, soon. Um, uh, when we gather, like the declaration that you bring as an individual, the heart and the declaration you bring as an individual, I think affects the declaration of all the people around you. you like as you praise and worship, um, you actually have the opportunity to affect the atmosphere. You can affect it in a positive or a negative way. Um, and I've seen it time and time again, like I've seen people in our room lead worship from the back seat just by virtue of the declaration, the heart yes. posture, yeah. the enthusiasm totally. that they've got, and that the and the difference. Mm -hmm. People often will talk about how like how God showed up in a service. And I think God is actually always there. <laughs> he, he, yes. Like he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is steadfast. Yep. He is faithful. It's actually like us collectively and individually. It's the heart posture we bring and the declaration that we bring that yep. determines whether or not God moves and works and operates manifestly in our midst. That's so huge. And I've, I've had, I've, I've come into worship services as a worship pastor and not felt like worshiping, but I see somebody down in the front row, just singing his guts out with his hands raised enthusiastically. And that changes my heart and it changes totally. the hearts of people. Like there's, there's something about it that is just infectious. Yeah. Yeah. that's that's such a huge point like i just want to speak to that really quick because I, I i i've hinted at this let me just say it i mean we got 100 people on here i don't know who's all going to see this but i hope a whole church does you know god has never had a bad worship service that's like, right <laughs> never right it's, it's it's on us like he he's clear about it like i manifest myself in the praise of my people he mm -hmm. comes through praise. He comes through faith. He comes through hunger. He comes through consecration and humility. And if we can bring those things to the table, church will be awesome, you know, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And I, mm -hmm. I, I think it's such a fallacy. It's, it's, it's incorrect when we start saying things like, you know, church was good today. Well, I right. don't think I don't think that's a that's an that's a statement on God at all. I think it's a statement no. on us. Yes. Yeah. I think I think that's totally something that. You know, it's as, it's as bad or as, re I won't say as bad. It's as real as this. I've felt this as a worship leader. I feel it even more as a preacher. I can know by the people in the room how it's going to go. Right. Before I ever open my mouth, before a song's even played. See? I literally, at every service, like am relieved when I see certain people come in. Because I mm -hmm. know they're going to bring, they're going to bring something that allows the spirit of God a different way to move. Yeah. And, and it's actually as simple as that. It has nothing to do. I could stand on my head and spin around and preach in tongues and it makes no difference. It's the difference of the posture of the people coming together. It's good. And it's, it's so huge. Yeah. It's such a huge thing. And so it's robbing the body when we sit on our hands. Yeah. It's robbing us when we sit on our hands. Yeah. I think, mm. I, think yeah. I would just, I would throw out the challenge, right? Like, it, it's obvious, right? Like you don't, you don't have to have too much about you to, to realize, like, even in the way that we were doing it, like the three services oftentimes had different, there was a yes. different temperature, you know, each and each service, right? It was just obvious and you didn't have to have, you know, a great discernment about what was going on. It's just like, and I would, you know, throw out the invitation come to three services, everybody. Yeah. Right. And you'll see it. You'll, you'll absolutely see it. Right. And now again, Same songs, 
Yeah. Same songs, same yeah. sermon, same someone's on yeah. the stage. Yeah. Three very yeah. different services. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I think what Jay was saying is so important. Uh, when we come together in a service, we have the opportunity to minister to each other yeah. uh, and to minister totally. together to the Lord. So, you know, you don't have that same opportunity in the same kind of way uh, on your own. Uh, yeah, sure. You can be worshipful when you're silent, when you're quiet. Uh, Psalm 46 says to be still and know that I am God. Uh, and there's worship in that. Uh, Ecclesiastes says there's a time to speak and a time to be silent. And, and yeah, they both can be worshipful. But when we come together as an expression of the body of Christ, that's when we have the opportunity uh, to worship together. And uh, yeah, that's when we need to speak out and, and demonstrate. I'll our tell faith. you. Yes. The, the, this crisis and, you know, we're now three weeks in, is it three weeks we haven't met? It feels like three years. It's but, the third weekend. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it's like my, my belief in, you know, the, the medium of video uh, is, is refined in the sense of, you know, what, what gives a service power isn't whether the preacher's there in person or it's coming through on a video that, that doesn't matter. What matters is the people gathered, receiving the word together, worshiping together. The, the people are the point of the, ga the gathering is the point, not the preacher, not the sermon. Those are the things that God's depositing. But what makes right. a gathering powerful is the collective assembly of mm -hmm. the people of God, like mm -hmm. living stones forming mm -hmm. together for the spirit of God to dwell. Yep. I'm, yeah. I'm, just, I'm hungry for it, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah well you know when we come together and worship it's a family reunion like we, i think we we forget about the fact that we bear the same name it's like if i'm going to go to an event and everybody there is the last name lamus it's going to feel different i'm going to have a different pressure on me i'm not going to be nervous i'm not going to worry because we all bear the same name when we come together to worship it's true like it's a family reunion every time like we have the same last name, <laughs> you know, we, we come together under the same family name. And I've been thinking too that, you know, to the person who says, you know, I'm not really great at singing, you know, I'm kind of awkward when I speak up, I don't know how to dance, I can't even clap on time and so on. I just want to say there's an incredible innocence to worship. Like we're worshiping as daughters and sons. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, and, right. and, the fear, and you mentioned the fear of man earlier, Brent. That is huge. Like the fear of people is huge. Yes. And I just, I just want to say to anybody here that if you feel pressured when you come into a worship service, I want to encourage you. It's really great for your soul to just really come at that and do something demonstrative. Like yeah. do something to help your soul, whether it's sing out, whether it's raise your hand, clap move around a little bit, do something, because I want to tell you that the one who, who is in you is far more intimidating to anything else around you than they would ever, like that intimidation coming at you, that, that spirit that's doing that is far more intimidated by the one who is in you. And you just yeah. making a, a, even a, a small move to be demonstrative will actually break that yeah. fear. Yes. And I just want to throw in one other real quick thing. That perfect love casts out fear. Mm. And as a church body, we got to help each other out. If you're given yeah. to coming into service with your coffee and crossed arms and, and coming with a smug look saying, okay, bless me, I dare you. 
I just want to tell you right up front, I love you and Jesus, but you're messing it up. Yeah, you're going to you get totally are coming you're... with the wrong spirit. So do everybody a favor. Blessing. <laughs> Perfect love casts out fear. Come yeah. on. This is this is that family piece is good. Anybody see this on my Instagram today? Yeah. This is uh, this is what worship looks like in a family. Yeah, Alan. That yes, kid, sir. That kid is not worried about what you think. That's right, man. <laughs> With my dad and my brother. That's right. Get out of here, right? So absolutely. Yes. That, I would say that, that's, I just that's say, a huge thing. I want to say something too, right? There's something very uh, in alignment with we're not our own, right? We're bought with a price. Like if we get it, if there ever there's an option that I get to come in alignment with the word of God and I don't feel like it, well, welcome to the Christian life where we get to take up our cross daily and die, die to That's ourselves, it. right? Come and, and I, give your dad a kiss. Yeah, I know, right? Like there's just like, like welcome, welcome to dying to yourself, right? <laughs> Especially, and, and it's, it's really like, it's just not, it's, it's so important. Like I just, what you're saying, Dan, it's like when, they, when you, when you take the step to actually do and, and Brent, you've hammered on that, you know, so much. And it's so true about when you actually take the step to do it, he, he, he makes up the rest, right? Like the Lord comes and he makes up the rest and we're changed. Right. But it's just like, okay, welcome, welcome to the club. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. I don't have, I don't feel it half the time, but he's worthy. So I'm going to die to how I feel and I'm going to raise my hands and I'm going to sing. We got like a few minutes left. I, I want to try to keep it uh, for too long, but I want to speak. I want us to speak really quick. So, you know, the times, the season that we're in, what should our sound, what, sh what should the sounds that be, what should the sounds that accompany our lives be like right now as individuals and as the church collective? What sounds should we be making uh, right now? What would you, what would, how would you encourage someone to partner with the sound of heaven right now? And how should the church be making noise right now? Can I jump in on that real quick? Um, I would say we need to be we need to be speaking and showing the resilience, showing resilience because God is accessible. Um, Jesus, Jesus Christ is real and is accessible. And we need to reflect that. Our speech needs to speak to that. If people find out we're Christians, they may turn to us for help. The last thing we can afford to do is be condescending. Like we need to be, we need to be speaking of the generosity of heaven if you're in trouble, heaven is here to help you. Uh, if you're if you're feeling like you're going to lose it, the mercy of heaven and of Jesus Christ is He wants to minister to that. He's accessible to whoever will call out to Him. Good. It's good. I think I think it sounds like hope. Yeah. I think it sounds like peace, right? And I think that hope, both of those things, like hope is contagious. I think peace mm. is contagious too, right? And so is joy. Mm. Right, that I just think that it sounds like hope that that regardless of my circumstances that my actual my 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 vision is not placed on the world around me but it's actually placed on him mm. and uh you know I just it, it's I've I've given this to so many people but it's that Isaiah 26 3 God will keep those in perfect peace those eyes are fixed on him mm. right and it's really it really doesn't go 
but when I do, that's the thing is when I do and my heart is peaceful, then the peace comes out and then it sounds like peace. Right. Yeah. I actually know that he's good. And 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 when it comes out, it actually comes out like hope. Right. And so we'll get that, that gets released through me and affects the world around me. How do we, how do we practically be, how do we release hope for others? Because one of the things, again, I wish that I really had two messages that I'm just not gonna be able to do the other part, but like that whole, that whole, like, I, I don't remember me telling the story of my son, Alex going, the sound is gone. I love it. Yeah. I actually feel like that's a prophetic cry to the church. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like that it's like, it's like the sound is actually gone and yes. you need to open your mouth and release it. And like, mm-hmm. you know, how do you encourage, you know, somebody you're going to, you're, you're going to, you're an essential worker and you're going to work at the hospital or whatever. Like, how do you, how do we speak peace? How do we speak hope? How do we bring, how do we actually do that? What's that look like? I think in a world that seems to be full of bad news, I mean, and it's not a whole lot different under COVID than it was before COVID. You know, we counter, we counter bad news with, with good news. Like the sound of the church needs to be good news. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen John Krasinski's YouTube uh, channel, the, the office guy. He's got a, he's got a YouTube thing going called some good news, SGN news network, some good news. And he just focuses, he, he did like a 15 minute vlog on like good stories that are coming out of this crisis, like good human, huh. hopeful, joyful things that are happening in the midst of all the stuff that's going on around us. And I think practically as Christians, we need to help people flip their brain into that gear of actually thinking and looking for the gold in the giant turd of this situation (laughs) do you know what i mean though well yeah yeah, i think i think the other piece is too like the you know to rob the the phrase the good news for us as christians is we don't have to conjure up you know well hey here's a silver lining like what an opportunity just to tell the good news like yes like like that's that's really what we should be doing that is definitely proclaiming the gospel and i'll tell you what people are people are searching right now and people are google searches for prayer google searches for spirituality Mm -hmm. i had a guy on my basketball team last week reach out to me i had one guy message me like asking me what i thought about like enlightenment and like just like people are searching man and they're and they're finding they're finding what they're finding so we need to be loud in you know like i one of one of the things is one of my buddies sent me is just like you know, it's, 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 it's just like sort of this, uh, I forget what it's called, but like, just really, it's real mist, Eastern mysticism. And I was like, man, that's just nothing to plant your feet on, but I got something, I got, you know, I got something that's solid. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's a time for the church to, to be loud, yeah. not obnoxious, but vocal. Yeah. You yeah. know, with, with the gospel. Mm-hmm. I, I think we can remind people uh, whether they're people of faith in Jesus right now or not, is we can remind them that that God is about renewal. And it's really obvious in all of creation. This is the way it works. There's always new life coming. And, there, and renewal is going to come. And God's about renewal. And he works through people. And I think there's something very empowering about uh, encouraging people to jump in and serve and be and keep being an encouragement even if it's a small thing 
and letting them know that that's actually being bringing the renewal that God wants to bring. Uh, just right. and encouraging people that they aren't just experiencing this life. They're actually making it happen. Mm. God's intention for human beings is to actually work with him to bring renewal. And renewal, everybody knows renewal is going to come. The grass is going to grow here in a couple of weeks. Mm. That's renewal. Like it's all around us. We got to keep reminding people the best is still coming. Yeah. And that right. speaks to their heart. So I feel like it's, it's helpful to empower people. Like they make a difference. Yeah. So, yeah. okay. Uh, final thoughts. Uh, what do you got? We're going to sign off here in a second. Do you want to give one encouragement to people in relationship to, Hey, okay, this week, here's your homework in not just hearing the sound of heaven, but releasing it. What do you, what do you got? Give a, give a final word of encouragement, put you on the spot. I'd like to say that God loves the training. You yeah. might feel like you won't say it right if you start speaking up. Guess what? God loves loves the training. Yes. Um, and he and he he is not testing you. He's actually releasing you. Mm. And so uh, he loves the awkwardness. He he takes joy over it. Just go ahead. Don't be afraid to speak up about the goodness of God. Mm. I, would, I, I would just say one little. That's awesome, Dan. And I would just say one little practice. This is more more practical for those of you that are given to uh, reading uh, the scripture every day or every other day or whatever habit you're in. Just try this one little shift and actually whatever passages before you speak it out loud, um, mm -hmm. especially looking yeah. at the book of the Psalms. Maybe make mm -hmm. that a regular habit in this season is to just work your way through the Psalms and actually speak them out loud instead of just reading them. And see if that yeah. changes the way. That's um, good. The way that that you know your, affects your Bible study. Mm. Yeah, I think uh, I think for me it's like the the thing that just popped into mind is that get before the Lord, get in His presence in your in your secret place. You know what? You're actually looking at my secret place right here. It's my office at home, but just at my time with the Lord is here, and it's gotta. We're not asking people to, to fake stuff, right. It's gotta be authentic. And so it's gotta mm. come, it actually has to come in first before it gets out. Right. It's yeah, actually gotta, the word and his presence has to get into me first before mm. it actually comes out. So I feel like we're in a bit of an incubator period right now. Like we're actually in a lot of this isolation and all that stuff. You know, there's an incubation period happening right now where I actually can get before the Lord. We actually have lots of time. There's not much of an excuse, even if boredom drives you to it. it it's not bad, right? That, it, yeah. it, But it's let it drive you to that place of, of getting before him, getting in his presence, come before him, even if it's awkward and clunky. And there's so much that we feel like it should be, but it isn't. But the Lord yeah. loves it. Yeah. And he's going he's gonna to show up. He's going to jay he's going to show up uh and he's going to make himself known to you with his mm -hmm. presence and speaking directly to your heart whether that's in the place of prayer whether that's reading the word and it's probably both but i just say let it let it get into you before you have before you even worry about letting it get out you can't give what you don't have correct yeah. and yeah. i'd say uh, i'd say to when you're in conversations with people you know whether you're talking to somebody on the phone or through zoom or you're if you're still going to your workplace or you go and you have a conversation at the grocery store, appropriately distanced, of course, uh, if you're in conversations, avoid the temptation to, uh, to contribute to the fear. 
Yeah. And instead, mm-hmm. speak peace and That's hope. That's great, the Greg. Um, yeah. And uh, I throw one more thing in too, Dan. Um, I had missed your your Wow God stories yesterday when you shared some of those online. Yeah. And I happened to catch it this afternoon. I, you know, things like that are just really encouraging and to understand what God is doing in the it's midst so of fun. this time. You know, it helps you, you to reframe your uh, your perspective and see that uh, that he's you know he's got it all under his control ultimately. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for, that's huge, Greg. I mean, just to picture yourself, you know, having a conversation with someone or even being online. I mean, you want to look at the the cesspool of fear and negativity and scarcity. I mean, just go just go on the feed on on Facebook. Man, why don't why don't we as a church be the people who again, we're not delusional, we're not in denial. You know, like I talked about my mini message. We're, we 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 know the stakes. But we also know like whose we are and we're the first to speak like, yeah, you know what? I don't think the worst is yet to come. You know, yeah, you know what? I don't think COVID is going to get the last word. Like maybe we need to be very generous with our faith and our optimism in this season. People are dying to hear it too. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I just, that's huge, Greg. I'll like. say this in, in closing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll add to, to what you were saying, Greg, about just speaking life um not contributing to negativity and and even anthony on sort of being in the secret place and just to bring it full circle even with what jay was saying uh with with reading the scripture aloud uh mm-hmm. and and dan even with just the training experience you know let me just send people with this this week um get get before god and read scripture out loud praise him out loud Mm. like like again i know if you're if it's quiet and your kids are sleeping like he knows what loud is it doesn't mean you got to stand on top of your sofa and and yell out decrees and declarations (laughs) for all to hear i mean maybe i like like just god knows there's a there's a tangible switch between i'm keeping this internal and i'm actually releasing something Yes. Yeah. And, and get to that place where you're actually one step beyond you're 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 exactuating you're you're actuating sorry like you're you're actually doing it out loud I would say praise God out loud I would say pray out loud cast your cares on him literally yes give a voice to them say God I'm mm-hmm. anxious today mm-hmm. God I'm afraid today yes uh, Lord I, I read CNN first Lord, forgive me for giving CNN my first and not you. Mm. And Lord, what I saw freaked me out. God, like, 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 what is it? What do you think it means to cast your cares? It's not think about it. It's to actually like, like actually cast your cares, praise, praise him. And then pray out loud. I would say do that. And then actually um, go through your week, just being very aware of what's coming in what's going out and and just be aware of it this week and see see how much power you have to steer your life Mm -hmm. and the life of others and to control the atmosphere around you and in here and in here it's it's unbelievable and if you'll just get active in it it change everything so i'm in thanks for tuning in thanks for tuning in guys thanks for joining in i know you'll be back to the show um greg and i are going to work on some gimmicks and some games and some music we're going to really add to the the production value of this someday but for now uh, it is what it is thanks everyone for tuning <laughs> it's been in fun. <laughs> and uh we're gonna sign out now 
and everybody have a great week and we will see you. Hey, Holy Week. It's Holy Week. Don't miss. Uh, it's an important week. Also do your uh, Why Jesus, Why I Choose Jesus. If you would post that on our Facebook page, we sure appreciate it. Yeah. And uh, we'll have all the regular 1228 happening every day. Yeah. It's been huge and growing. Uh, what do we got? We got Wednesday night worship. We've got Friday. Uh, Jay and I are going to do a communion. Good Friday good communion service awesome and then sunday is resurrection it's gonna be an awesome week yeah let's let's start out it's gonna be an awesome week it is gonna be amazing. totally amazing amazing it's gonna it be a filled, joy-filled peace and week. we're gonna start seeing a turn in some of the news yes and believing yeah. that and declaring yeah. that in jesus name yeah so, love yeah. you guys appreciate each one of you and thanks everybody for tuning in uh we'll see you next time on Sunday Night Live. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's Take care. My name. See you guys. We're, we're, we're open to names. See you later. See ya. Yeah.